Hello, Bearded Fruit Podcast listeners. My name is Jesse Paradise, and I am from the city of Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in the city of Avon Lake, which is about 45 minutes west. Um, a great number of experiences that I dealt with in that city happened to form the way that I I give you perception to my music within my lyrics. Um, and I'll get into that further. Hi, this is Cody DeGalorians. We're doing something a little different on the podcast this week. This week, we're telling the story of Jesse Paradise, a listener and friend of the podcast who's making music in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, we're not really telling Jesse's story per se. We're actually going to let Jesse tell it himself. So what do I do? I intern at the LGBT Center of Greater Cleveland. Along with that, I am a part of some side projects, creative projects, I helped cast and creatively direct and edit a script for an independent film that my friend Joseph Kowalski was directing. He's also known as Pochi Joe on YouTube. And I'm working on a couple poetry projects as well. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I, <laughs> um, I work in retail, I'm a department head, and I go to school full-time. This week on Bearded Fruit, Jesse Paradise. How did I start making music? So I started making music as a way to cope with my emotions. Um, as soon as I got um, a <laughs> an idea of how beautiful music could be and how you could use it, um, I started writing lyrics at a young age. My father instilled this in me. He grew up in rural Jamaica, and he learned how to play the guitar and the bass guitar by ear. By learning these instruments and playing at such a high level, he was able to travel the world. He was able to leave the island at the time. And he instilled in me that music could be revolutionary, that it could change people's minds for the better, or even for the worse, but it could be righteous. And this sense was instilled in me. And ever since a young age, all I wanted to do was write music and construct sonics in some way. I just didn't know it would be through hip-hop at the time. Um, And the other reason I started to make music was I used it as a coping mechanism of expression. In America, people of color, especially black boys, are subjected to these barriers that disallow us the same emotional homework that others take to. that helps them build emotional awareness and receptivity. For us people of color, we only have three avenues to achieve this in. It's either through religion, athletics, or music. 
I just happened to choose music. Computer hack, let me in, baby. This was never sin. You telling me you want the truth, or someone's gotta let me in. Plead the fifth or smoke the five. These brothers got these red eyes. Intoxicated by these truths underneath these gray skies. Here's the test, test. for the pro that test, test. My brother start a riot like a 60s protest. We blitz creed for no creed that you need. Kill the middleman and rape the American dream. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, you're the man you're for the making man. us the bitch, man. Tell me the plan before it's loose. I'm 12 years a slave hanging on the noose. You won't see this on the news. Go. Dark digital, dark, dark digital. Give me all your money. Where this EP came from, what inspired it. So there was a lot of things that inspired this EP. Um, I, the EP itself is a compilation of records that I either released and then deleted because I'm a perfectionist or I never got to finish them all the way. Um, the cover artwork was inspired by Solange's A Seat at the Table. Uh, the title, Don't Call Me Ethnic, had it was heavily inspired from Solange's latest LP, but it also it also was inspired through my personal experience growing up in a suburban city where racism was very much alive when, you know, so-called allies would say that I'm overreacting. Um, the EP also was inspired from the emotional response I had to Trump winning the presidential election. All these flashbacks came to a flood of trials and tribulations that I dealt with growing up. Um, just a myriad of experiences that I could not let go at the time. Things that still to this day pain me. That I had to, I had to do my homework somehow. And the only way I could do my homework was by releasing this EP. <laughs> um, I, I recollect these moments in which I would have beverages and cigarettes thrown at me when I was walking on the side of the road in Avon Lake. Um, and these were all from, you know, big trucks and sports cars from these white men that just hated me so much as a child, an innocent child, to the, to the feelings of PTSD, like, I still deal with, I, that I can't let go. Um, my experiences with the police have not been for the better either. I've had guns aimed at my face, being mistaken for her, you know, drug dealer. It's just, it's just things you cannot take back. And all of these emotions just came rampant as soon as Trump won. Right now, a historic moment. Uh, we can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald Trump wins the presidency. The business tycoon and TV personality capping his improbable political journey with an astounding upset victory. Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States, defeating Hillary Clinton in a campaign unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime. 
this vulnerability that I was feeling. It was just so intense. I had to do something about it. I had to, I had to give my experience out there. You know, even if no one listens to it, I, I had to do it. Samira was a bright child. My back shooting aches from the burdens I carry on the contrary, the self-imposed. That's what the white man tell me. When I fight for my life, they label me a thug. Just a no-good cool nigga that needs to obey and be quiet. When I peacefully protest, they suggest it's just a riot. Coming live from the battleground with the media profit off of black lives that die. Rest in peace to me, rest. I know you up there in the sky. Man, this life will do or die. You bring a Martin to correlate our behavior, the lunacy, in all honesty. When you look right at me, I hope to God you feel threatened. Does the color of my skin suggest I carry your weapon? Knocked on my door and told me the police just shot your son twice in the stomach. When I wear a hood, doesn't mean I'm up to no good. And that my residence takes place in the hood. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. What's it like in this moment as a queer person of color? It's a culmination of a lot of things. It's terrifying because you feel the vulnerability in a Trump America. You already see that under, under President Obama, racism was still there. It was very much real. The police were killing these innocent black boys and girls and Hispanic boys and girls and indigenous folk and getting away with it, too. Um, Now we have (laughs) very visible fascists that are terrorizing children, men and women, and you feel vulnerable. You feel terrified. You feel stricken. You feel frozen. And then I think of the other emotions. You feel empowered during this time because you realize you're the hunted. You have the power to fight back. And you also have the power to walk away, too. When you're seen as enemy number one, you realize you have nothing to lose, that you have to live your life to the fullest, and you, you have to be unapologetic. I'm sick of motherfuckers looking at me Judging me for what I do and how I fucking speak If you live my life then you could make these decisions But when it comes to this I really don't see it from your vision You blind to the other life I lead So what if I succeed? You know how I dream I need to get to sleep Like Pepsi Mind your fucking business before you judge me The other feelings as a person of color And also a queer person of color Because they're unique is this sense of visibility and invisibility. You're visible in a sense that you're always characterized by the color of your skin and the texture of your hair. Um, You're very visible in the fact that you are the target. You're very visible in the fact that people don't want you and they use you as an archetype to demean, to stereotype, uh, to tear apart. But you're invisible in the way that white allies talk about you as if you're not there and you're in the room. White allies that will dismiss your stories, but then cherish them when they're only in music. And you're invisible in the way that white fascists and white racists 
don't see you as a human being. They see you as less than, they see you as subhuman. You are invisible, invisible. So as a queer person of color, we feel all these things. I mean, just on a personal note, sometimes I feel like a pawn (laughs) in this whole country, you know? I mean, Republicans use us as the enemy and neoliberals use us as their armor. It's just, it's weird. We're used as the bullets and we're used as the body armor. I, it's a jarring experience. And I just hope white allies, at least, can just take the moment to hear our stories and not dismiss them. To not, to not look for its faults and to not be offended when we explain our stories, but just to listen. Listen with your logic and your heart. I've been here for seven years, and I gotta tell you guys, what's going on here is about America. It's about democracy. It's about the Bill of Rights and basic cable call waiting and free trips to the salad bar. It's about everything that makes this country great. Our country. music I, I make it for myself I make it for myself I, I make it for the well-being of my mental health it helps me sort out my emotions it helps me sort out how I want to go day by day and live my life so like I said before listen with logic and listen with your heart and to understand that our voices matter even when they aren't in song that they matter on an everyday basis and that It's important to take the time to do so, to listen. Because that's what we want at the end of the day. We all want to be heard. We all want to be treated with dignity and respect. So treat others with that respect, just as if you would treat your stupid dog. (laughs) Or Harambe or whatever the fuck. For Bearded Fruit, I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I love your podcast. I've been listening since the first episode. Um, You're a favorite in my rotation that I listen to. And I hope everyone gets something out of this EP. This EP 
from beginning to end symbolizes consciousness, drowning in misery, drowning in regret, devastation, and walking away. That's Jesse Paradise. Now, first of all, we want to thank Jesse for sharing his music and his life with us for this episode of the podcast. He has been a supporter of ours since the very beginning, so we are thrilled to be able to share his work with all of you. Now, all of the music in this week's episode, except for our regular opening music and this ending music, is from Jesse's EP, Don't Call Me Ethnic, which he's been talking about during the episode. And you can find it at jesseparadise.bandcamp.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E dot bandcamp dot com. You can also find Jesse on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash Jesse Paradise. And you can find him on Facebook at Jesse Paradise and on Instagram at Jesse Paradise. Now we're going to link to all the ways you can connect with Jesse on our website as well. So go follow him and support his music. He's a voice we're very glad to know. As always, we are so grateful to all of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you so very much. Uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, head over to iTunes and subscribe. You can also leave us some stars and a review. Uh, we love to hear from everybody out there who is liking what we're doing and uh, enjoying the podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit. You can find us on Twitter at Bearded Fruit Pod. And you can find us online at www.beardedfruit.com. As always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.